Hey, welcome to Influence Weekly, The Takeaway. This is the audio version. Really quick take this week because it is a Labor Day week. And you're probably listening to this. If you actually receive this on Monday in your email box, I applaud you for working over uh, the weekend, the long weekend. Um, but carrying on, this is going to be a quick one today. Most of you are not going to be on a commute um, but if you're not in the U.S. and you're listening to this, then you're going to get something out of it. Um, every week I go through the news of the week that has to do with influencer marketing that is important to the influencer marketing industry. Um, always have some interesting people to talk about and some interesting news. This week in particular, I'm saving for the end our campaign case studies. So I will quickly go through a couple of takeaways from there. Um, but honestly, uh, it's working. What I'm doing is I'm asking, uh, you readers, listeners to send in your case studies and you're doing it. So keep up, keep it up. Um, I have a sort of a rubric for what I look at for in, in case studies. I want them to be insightful, analytical, show us what you were attempted to do and then show us what actually happened. Give us some examples and creative um, your creative approach to influencer marketing. Um, and so that's it. Like that, that in a nutshell is what I'm asking for. If you have a case study and you're listening to this, send it in and I'm happy to, um, put it in the newsletter and feature it in front of 3,200 people who are reading this every week. Thanks for reading and listening. Um, so we'll start at the top, the headlines of the week. Um, I, I chose to focus on, a, on, a, on three very different issues. Um, one, I wanted to show the, the really niche community of cosplayers and superfans and how on Twitter they're doing things differently. So t typically for binge watchers, reality TV enthusiasts and self-identified magical creatures, Twitter is like a virtual local bar or like a living room couch. Um, this article said it's like the perfect cozy spot to congregate with like-minded fans. And, and that, that sort of setting the bar of like, this is what Twitter is for, um, this community of, of super fans and cosplayers. But, um, it really focused on Wes Johnson and his followers. And what they're doing is they are ideating different storylines and plot twists that can supplement the canon. Um... So almost creating an alternate reality in this alternate reality. Um, I thought it was fascinating and hopefully it gives you an idea of, as a marketer, if you're a marketer, how can you sort of ingratiate yourself and put yourself into this alternate, alternate reality? Um, and it's growing. People are enjoying spending time there, enjoying uh, being creative. Um, there's a lot of opportunities here that I can't won't even get into, but if you're a marketer and trying to get into sort of super fans or uh, TV watchers or film fans, getting into the super fans and this sort of alternative canon is a really cool way to do it. Um, then uh, also in the top read was Adidas teams with a social commerce app store to sell sneakers. So last year, Adidas had launched a membership program called the Creators Club, essentially giving some of its enthusiastic consumers early access to products, exclusive drops, and special events. But now, the big change here is now the company is taking this relationship to the next level and allowing members to sell Adidas goods themselves.
this is really interesting, right? And this opens up a monetization avenue for sort of reviewers and people on the outskirts of sort of the sneaker culture or the kicks culture. Um, it gives them an interesting way to work with Adidas, right? Um, sell sneakers. Truly go from an influential informational to information to a transaction. Um, this bodes very well and, and should be an interesting study over the next <coughs> sorry, year of what's going on. Mm. Excuse me. Um, yeah, it would be great to check in in a year and see how this program goes. If Adidas sells more sneakers, if people are more attached to the Adidas brand, um, we'll see. Time will tell. Um, next up is actually what sounds like a negative um, sort of headline, but in, in fact should come out with some positive change. So basically, companies have made millions off of kid influencers or kid fluencers, which I've featured here before. I've featured a lot of profiles of, of kid fluencers and their parents and, and YouTubers who are kids, and even Instagrammers and TikTokers who are children. Um, and this article says the law isn't keeping up. Um, again, that's a bad thing, but hopefully with this exposure, laws will change. And so the description here is that despite despite the rapid growth of social media platforms, most state child labor laws have yet to include amendments regulating child labor on social media, and recent efforts to amend the law in California have failed. Um, in 2018, an amendment was introduced to the California Labor Board, or Labor Code, that included requiring employers to get a permit from the Labor Commission to engage a minor in social media work. But by the time the amendment was passed, the part of the measure was struck out. Um, if you are listening to this and you have worked with kid influencers before, I would love to hear, you know, is, is regulation a good thing? I, I believe overall it, it is, but it is definitely going to make it harder to work with kid influencers, but it will make it the, make you work in the right way, right? So very interesting um, pluses and minuses here. A lot of opportunities <clears throat> to sort of take a side on this. And if you have a perspective on this, happy to, to feature you in the newsletter, you know, next week, this or later this week. Um, okay, moving on. Um, a few interesting people. I want to sort of focus on uh, Huda Cotton. Um, she's a beauty influencer, huge, uh, run, huge influencer runs Huda Beauty. Um, she came out and said that she turned down a $10 million brand campaign because it didn't, wouldn't work for her. Um, just like brands want to work with influencers who match them, influencers want to work with brands that match them and fit for them. Um, very interesting, really keen insight here to know, you know, maybe she's coming from an entitled place, having a, um, a, a media empire and have, you know, half a billion dollars in the bank or net worth, she might be able to turn down a $10 million brand campaign. Well, we all would dream of that. But I think this this is a good lesson to learn that like we should be continuing to work with brands as influencers work with brands who are complementary to us, uh, not just uh, want to pay us. Um, and it's a good sort of cautionary tale for marketers and brands who are looking to just hire any and all influencers. You might have gotten away with it for the last few years of just throwing money at the problem. But um, influencer marketing, even though it will be increasing, uh, I mean, 
audience ship is increasing across the board. More and more users and more and more audience members. Um, the cost is going to go up. Um, but also the the um, matches, the, the comfort fit, the fit between marketer and influencer should be increasing as well. Interesting. Um, I, I want to point out and sort of feature again, um, there's a list of five queer influencers to follow right now. Go and check it out. Very interesting, wide variety of people here. Um, love you to uh, check that list out. I always love, I always love featuring short lists of very uh, specific types of influencers. If you uh, see a list or even create a list yourself of, say, your talent that you manage or some uh, type of like five to ten creators that you think are, are doing an interesting job, um, please uh, send that to me and I'm happy to feature it. Such as I'm fascinated and have been continually fascinated for the past few years of YouTubers who, uh, for lack of a better word, I call them professionals. They are people who have a full-time job doing something else and are doing YouTube to augment their inf that information, such as Legal Legal, um, City Beautiful. Legal Legal is a lawyer, and, uh, a working lawyer, and he talks about law on a YouTube channel. City Beautiful is a city planner, and he talks about city planning on his YouTube channel. Poker players uh, are a lot of professional poker players are on YouTube. Um, Daniel Negreanu, uh, Jamie Staples, um, which you can check out his channel at Poker Staples. Um, really, really interesting professional people that are have, are using YouTube on the side to to create a community of building building a, an audience uh, beyond their their um, you know their work their colleagues. Um, speaking of influencers, uh, last week I met with three influencers here in Bali. We, we had coffee, sat down for coffee, talked about all the problems. Turns out the biggest problem on their mind is about six weeks ago, engagement stats dropped about 30% and they don't know why. Um, this is not the first time, nor will it be the last time. Um, sort of these cliffs, uh, good and bad, you know, um, these cliffs, is this the new normal? What do they have to change to go back, or do they even have to? Um, benchmarking for creators is pretty um, difficult. Uh, that's why I did create Creator Growth Lab. So you can check out creatorgrowthlab.com. I built it especially just to track what what is the benchmarks, what is happening across the board, and, and should I be concerned about these things. What was very interesting is these three um, influencers, when they expressed this, they all agreed this happened to them, and they felt a little easier about it instead of sort of hair on fire, oh my god, my world is collapsing. When they talked about it, they were like, okay, maybe this is the new normal and I can continue working and do better. Um, and I do have a bunch of awesome guides to help you and every influencer grow over at creatorgrowthlab.com slash guides, G-U-I-D-E-S. Um, go check it out. Um, a few bits of industry news before we get to the campaign case studies. Um, Philosophy Tube raised over $120,000 for charity. Um, they read complete words of Shakespeare live on Twitch. Um, Inspire Me uh, raised 1.2 million euros. Um, Famebit founders actually raised $2.2 million for podcast advertising startup Podcorn. Great name. Um, digital marketing Skillshare will be here in Bali uh, in November. Uh, I got you listeners and readers, um, discount code 15% off, Influence15. Um, this is actually a really interesting deal because 
um, only like speakers and um, VIP, not VIPs, but um, publishing partners and speakers are getting this deal. So uh, this deal is being extended to you, um, watchers or readers uh, or listeners of, of this. Um, you can check out and, and feel free to hit me up. I'm in Bali. Um, I'm, I'll be here in November. Let's go out for coffee and, and do a little uh, in-person meetup for Influence Weekly. Um, then those are that. There's a few more uh, bits and pieces of interesting news in the newsletter. I recommend you read it. But um, going on to the campaign. So I, I pulled together these four sort of campaigns or case studies Um Three of which, two of which are actual case studies and two of which are sort of more newsy. Like, Pentatonics is kicking off a year-long brand deal with RCA Electronics. Year-long. Big, big, big money, but also big time commitment. Really, really cool to see long-term uh, relationships coming from with YouTubers, too. Um, speaking of YouTubers, the Navy is using YouTubers to recruit uh, for recruitment. Um, they are doing a series of videos across multiple channels with multiple creators called like the Navy versus X and really keen, really fun videos, uh, made by these. I wish personally, I wish there was a dance off something with, uh, in the Navy. Um, but we'll see. Um, I just wanted to mention that because it's a really cool campaign across many channels, um, a few channels all with a theme, right? So they fit together. And and why this is cool is because this campaign showcases that a brand and a creator can do something that neither could do alone, right? They couldn't, Navy personnel are not available unless the Navy gives them to you. So now a Navy, a real Navy person is in these videos. The videos are all connected in this theme, right? So um, each of the content creators are actually gonna benefit and should get large more views than if uh, on their normal content because they're part of this larger campaign um so a it's a benefit to the creators b it's a benefit to the navy um and c it's a benefit to um viewers because now you get to see a wide variety of these things instead of sort of just a watch on a wrist across 20 wrists it's like you get to see a different flavor from the navy in each of these videos really cool um so now there were these two case studies. One of them is from Influo with Brother. Now, Brother, if you're not familiar, is a sewing machine, and they are work. They work with. Um, they're trying to get in with a younger generation, right? And so, how do they do that? How do they make? How do they make sewing cool, right? or young, or hip, and? I think the way that they did this, right, with label printers, actually not just um, sewing machines. Um, oh, my my brother is a printer, and it, it's it, it was sorry, it was yeah, it was it was brother started as a sewing machine company, and now they're doing printers. And how do they make this look cool? Um, they bring in influencers to create content that you couldn't make on your own, right? These are influencers who are showing you how to use the product, showing the product in use, and showing how awesome it is. Really interesting case study. Um, the results of the campaign were good. The campaign performed above average engagement rate of 9%, and 
and a relatively low cost per engagement of, of 25 cents euros, 20 quarter of a euro. Um, and so in when asked, do you consider it a success? And, and, and the answer is, this is from, from the case study, the, the brother representative said, what impressed me the most is how much you can measure everything. The marketing mix of brother consists mainly of print, and it's hard to know what the real impact of a campaign is sometimes. With influencer marketing, it's different. You know exactly what your reach is, how many people saw the sponsored content, and how many engaged with it. It's fascinating data. Um, and so this is interesting. As of right now, the campaign did not include a discount code, but they said that next time we will give each influencer a discount code so we can also track the effects of the sale on sales. But because the product is new, and this was actually in Belgium, sorry for not giving you context, but this was in Belgium, they first wanted to establish a baseline. And so when rating is this a success or not, it was a, a matter of if it's not if it's a success or not a success on benchmarks, but rather the benchmark was zero. It's like, just get this out. Um, very interesting that they're, they're, this was a case study and, and didn't result in any like succinct, like did it work or not? It, it, but because the campaign happened, it was a success. It was a success. Um, next up is Ideal of Sweden. This is from Sweden. Um, and they established like ideal as too trendy for its own good. And so these are phone cases, wallet cases, briefcases, power banks. Um, and so they used influencers whose content matched the aesthetic that they were going for. And they found that influencers um, delivered, but sorry, so he told, so the, the CEO of ideal said, um, most of his fashion tech brands' online marketing efforts are spent via social media influencers and paid marketing. And that their own social media team has grown from one woman to a team of 12. And so this process, they, they, pro they worked with the designers to create um, a modern heroine collection. Um, these were infused with the uh, influencers' aesthetic, um, with the colors, and... Apparently, this is this is the analysis: is that Ideal of Sweden scores second on Social Baker's list of most mentioned brands using the ad, hashtag ad hashtag using the hashtag ad um, second most. <laughs> um, really interesting. And the individual campaign that this was following says that they got more than sixty thousand likes <clears throat> on on their post. And it's a clear response to the campaign was just exactly what was anticipated. Um, the link to the product was in the influencer's uh, bio. And uh, the ripple effect of this is that social media users will share their own photos with these covetable phone cases and shots. So yet to be determined what that like user-generated content is. Um, but it sounds like this was a success because the actual piece of sa the sale was within uh, fit with the uh, influencer. Very, very cool. Very interesting to see a brand working with um, an influencer so much to create a specific kind of product. Um, but yeah, check out the, this was in, from influencerupdate.biz. Um, they put together this case study between Ideal and Therese Lindgren was the influencer there. 
So thank you very much for listening, and hopefully you had a have a great rest of your week. If you're on your commute, finish it, and uh, see you later later this week with uh, in Friday morning in your inbox in Films Weekly. Bye.